J.T. Crowley is talking books. On the show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. Hello, I'm J.T. Crowley, and I have a, another wonderful author for you today. His name is Bob Weatherly. Now, Bob is from Florida in the United States of America. Um, he's done numerous jobs in the past. I believe he was a geography teacher. I also believe he was a park ranger. He's done other jobs as well. And he's had a very interesting life. And I'll leave the story there. But I interviewed him over a year ago. And that interview was about a book he wrote. And it was Windows of Wonder, Eight Timeless Tales. Now, we're not going to go into that book, but I'm going to ask Bob towards the end of the interview just to briefly tell us about it. But this interview is really about a story that, a short story that Bob has written, Spider-Man in the Kingdom of the Insects. So I would like to invite Bob back on again to the show to talk to us about this short story. And I also believe he's composed a song which he's going to um, either say or sing. I've left that choice to him, so we'll wait and see what he does, everybody. Bob, come and join me on the show. Well, thank you, John. You're very welcome. Now, Bob, before we actually um, look at the short story and the song, would you care to tell the listeners, the audience, the viewers, a little about yourself? Who is Bob Weatherly? Well, John, that's uh, in one way, I guess, a very easy story to tell. And then another one, uh, another way, I guess it's sort of a, uh, a broad mixture of things. But uh, I like to look at myself as a spiritual seeker. And I've been so for probably the past half century or so. And uh, I'm very avid into meditation. And I, uh, in fact, even went to Maurici International University, and um, I've been practicing advanced techniques in meditation after all this time. So it's uh, a very big part of my life. And um, I do this because I, I do believe that uh, we human beings, we're not really using uh, most of our brain. And... There's a lot there that I think we can enhance uh, through different technology uh, of the mind. And so therefore meditation is the one of my choice. So uh, th that is pretty much where my focus has been. And now what I've decided to do is um, to share that by writing stories, which incorporate that into um, stories that are very exciting and um, or interesting. So, and, and of course, I think my main focus, while it is with younger readers, um, because I, I do believe they, you know, are the ones who are probably the most amenable, to, you know, to, to change. I do invite, you know, all different age groups to, to look at my stories and read them. And I think they can benefit from them as well, because I think they just give so much in the way of uh, positive messaging that it really does go into your subconscious 
And you'll read these stories more than once, believe me, once you read them. So that's pretty much where I'm at at this point in life. And um, very, very pleased to share this with you. Are you happy with the life now, Bob? Oh, very much. Um, I think I would be a lot happier if I could, uh, I threw through my efforts with the book, um, that I could, you know, convince more people to uh, embrace the fact that their lives could be so much more. And I think that they could uh, be so much happier by fulfilling their dreams, which I think so much, uh, so many of us give up on and way too soon, as a matter of fact. And I mean, you look at me, I'm 65 years old and <clears throat> I, I don't have a lot in the way of material things uh, or of that nature, but I still believe that, uh, that that's possible and that uh, we can all be successfully financially, spiritually, and uh, also health-wise. So um, I still stick to that. So um, let's just hope that we all can get there and get there soon. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Bob, um, now the story is Spider-Man in the Kingdom of the Insects. Would you care to read it to us? It's a short story, everybody, and it's aimed at kids. Bob, over to you. I'd be very happy to. So uh, anyway, John has already told you the title of the story, so I'll just start right in then. <clears throat> Peter Parker worked in a very large scientific company dealing with things like radiation, which of course is how he came to be Spider-Man. Now the company was working on how to miniaturize things to make them very small. Peter was <clears throat> the lead scientist in this project as it was his idea and strong belief it could be done. He was working with fellow scientist Bart Black, who had long been in Peter's shadow there in the company. Peter had just made a major breakthrough in bringing about this happening. Bart was always rather jealous of Peter and his brilliant mind, which was full of imagination and creativity. So the day finally came when Peter was ready to test this miniaturization machine on a large object. He picked a human dummy about his own size and placed it in the target zone where his new gamma ray gun was to shoot it full of gamma rays. He was looking to make the dummy the size of an insect. He returned to the control room and told Bart to turn on the machine and fire it at the dummy. Unfortunately, the laser beam missed the dummy very narrowly. Peter told Bart to wait before trying again. You see, the laser gun was stationed and hard to stationary and hard to move. Peter thought it would be easier to simply move the dummy a little so as to have it a direct shot from where the gun was now aimed. But before Peter could move the dummy to the right place, which is where he was standing, Bart fired the laser gun and hit it and hit Peter instead. Peter screamed out, what have you done, Bart? Bart just looked at him with a big smile and said, I guess we'll find out now, won't we? Peter was in disbelief. He told Bart to press the alarm button and sail off the lab. Peter wasn't really sure what might happen next. So a few minutes went by with seemingly nothing happening. 
Then suddenly Peter began to feel something happening with his body. It reminded him of when the radio spec, radioactive spider bit him. Only this time he began to notice everything around him getting bigger. This didn't make sense to him at first. Then he realized it wasn't that things were getting bigger, but he was getting smaller. It worked, he shouted to Bart. It sure did, answered Bart with a devious smile on his face. Peter just kept getting smaller and smaller till at last he stopped. Peter then asked Bart, how small was he? Bart told him while laughing, you're as small as a spider. <clears throat> Peter Parker was so proud at this moment. Then Bart followed with, and what do we do with pests like spiders? We get rid of them, of course. It was at this moment Peter understood this was no accident. Bart had done this on purpose, and now Bart was going to remove him from the picture altogether. Peter knew he better get out of there fast. Bart was making his way down to the area where Peter was. Then Peter remembered he might be small, but he was still Spider-Man. So Spider-Man he was. Spider-Man shot out his web to the upstairs area where Bart had just come from. Bart was busy trying to find Peter on the floor where he had been. The webbing Spider-Man shot out wouldn't quite reach the upstairs. What was Spider-Man to do then? Suddenly he saw a fly going in that direction and he shot his webbing at the moving fly. What luck! Spider-Man got a direct hit on the flying insect as he flew upstairs. Spider-Man let go and was falling to the floor, so he thought. But all of a sudden, his fall was broken by, of all things, a spider web. You have got to be kidding me, he thought. Then before he could think next, a great big spider came towards him and started to attack him. Spider-Man quickly jumped on the spider's back and rode him across the web. Spider-Man next shot his webbing around the spider's legs so the spider couldn't move anymore. Spider-Man said, see ya, brother, and shot his trusty webbing at the ray gun. It was a direct hit right at the on-off switch. Meanwhile, Peter was standing, excuse me, meanwhile, Bart was standing right on the target zone where he had zapped Peter previously with the ray gun. He had a completely frustrated look on his face. That's when Spider-Man tugged with all his might on his thread of webbing and pulled down the switch turning on the ray gun. The powerful gamma rays hit Bart right between the eyes. Then Spider-Man turned the gun slightly by pulling his webbing. Lastly, he tugged the switch down to reverse and the gamma rays shot at the space next to Bart. Spider-Man then, then <clears throat> leaped and soared downwards to that very spot. He landed successfully and stood there as the gamma rays hit his little Spider-Man body. It was at this time all the other scientists entered the seemingly empty control room to see Bart just standing there, knowing, not knowing what to say or do. The scientists kept questioning as to the whereabouts of Peter Parker. Then something incredible happened. Peter started growing back to his original size. At the very same time, Bart began to shrink until he was now the size of a spider. Peter scooped his hand down and picked up Bart. Peter then said with a big smile on his face, boy, have I got a story to tell you guys.
And boy, that is a story. Yeah. I mean, where did the idea come from originally? Obviously, <laughs> Spider-Man. But why this short story? You know, um, was it short so that kids could engage with you, you know, telling the story? Well, yeah, John, I, I think that I have wanted to showcase my writing, but even though I am a writer of short stories, principally, my stories, you know, they're, they're a little longer than, than this typically, and uh, sometimes a lot longer. And so therefore, I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to put something up like on YouTube or get it on TV that would be nice and short for people to be able to see like other YouTubers, for instance, so uh, I decided, well, what I should do is just write stories that are, you know, maybe like a page or two. So just a few minutes it takes to read or, or just me to tell it um, on screen. So that way people can get an idea of, uh, of, of how good a writer I am. And um, they wouldn't be able to do that otherwise because, you know, unless they were to buy my book. So. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to let you know this guy can write and he wants you to buy his book so you can read the other stories that I've written, which are much longer. And I'll be honest with you. I love Stan Lee. He's a, a great writer. I've been a Spider-Man fan since 1970. But, you know, I want you to read my stories. <laughs> I think they're great. So um, that's basically how that got started. So. I quite like the idea, you know, Bob, um, when Peter Parker is now being, you know, shrunk to the size of a spider and he spins his web onto the back of a fly and then he gets caught in a spider's web. Where did you come up with that little um, episode? <laughs> I thought that was quite clever, actually. Yeah, well, you know, I've always thought, well, you know, here we have Spider-Man and he's this, you know, human being, basically, who has the abilities of a spider. But I said, wow, wouldn't it be kind of interesting to see what happens to Spider-Man when he gets uh, on the turf of the uh, of the real spiders, you know, the the eight legged ones, as opposed to him being the two legged one and two armed one. So anyway, uh we had to shrink him down. And since Peter was a scientist, he naturally came up with this laser gun <laughs> and uh, he had to try miniaturization. And the next thing he knows it, you know, uh, he wasn't expecting it, but he's the one who got shrunk. And then he finds himself in the so-called kingdom of the insects. And he meets a fellow spider of all, all things in a spider web. And I guess the irony is uh, pretty much self-evident. Hence the story, everyone. The title of the story, Spider-Man in the Kingdom of the Insects. Now, Bart, um, the character Bart, you you set the character up as somebody who has always been following in the footsteps of uh, Peter Parker. Um, Bart isn't too happy with that, and he sees his opportunity here. That's what you're trying to say, isn't it, in this little short story? Well, yeah, it's like um, Bart is obviously a scientist himself, and his problem is that he's become jealous of Peter because Peter, I guess, is probably the best scientist there. And he doesn't really need to be 
focusing on that. He needs to be focusing on himself and making himself a better scientist. And so therefore, you know, I guess the object to learn here is that, you know, we shouldn't be jealous of others and we should actually uh, be inspired by them and, you know, try to be the best that we can be. And all of us, we all have something that we do better than anybody else. And the idea is that we want to embrace that, find out what that is and pursue it and become it. So um, I guess that's about all I have to say as far as Bard is concerned. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of the underdog, really. Um, trying to get his own revenge, everybody. And I thought, you know, overall, the short story is fascinating. It's got the right length for a short story. It's got the right speed. It's got the right uh, tension about it. So it's a great story, everybody. And it's something that, you know, um, kids can just read very quickly themselves or, you know, in an evening or going to bed. It's particularly Spider-Man fans. Now, Bob, I believe, I'm led to believe, that you have composed a song. Now, I'm led to believe, am I right, that the title of the song is A New Tomorrow? That's correct. So, are you going to sing it or are you going to say it? I'll let you choose. Wait for this one, everybody. Okay. Well, I am a writer and I'm not a singer, but uh, I think probably uh, the way that it could be best enjoyed is to uh, bring it about with the melody that I composed for it. So uh, if you'll bear with me, I'm going to give it a go here. So we'll, we'll, we'll try to sing it for you. So anyway, well, here it goes. A new tomorrow. You say there'll be a new tomorrow. A time when there will be no sorrow. Well, I just want to know when it's coming now. You say there'll be a new tomorrow. No need to beg or steal or borrow. You See, I need to know when it's coming now. Please give me tomorrow. Please bring me tomorrow. I don't much think that we can wait anymore. Please give me tomorrow. Please bring me tomorrow. I don't much think that I can take anymore. I've often wondered if it could be. And now you tell me that I will see. And I won't even feel the need to ask how. You say the love, it will be free. It will be there for you and me. And I won't even care about knowing how. Please give me tomorrow. Please send me tomorrow. I don't much think that we can wait anymore. Please give me tomorrow. Please bring me tomorrow. I don't much think that I can take anymore. You say there'll be a new tomorrow. A time when there will be no sorrow. 
Well, I just want to know when it's coming now. You say there'll be a new tomorrow. There you go, everyone. That is Bob's um, composed song. Um, his version, uh, I'll let you choose whether that is something that you like or it's something um, that you think differently. Um, why the song, Rob? Why are you composing this? What's the whole purpose behind this song? Well, you know, I've always been... Uh, a great lover of music. I, even though I, I'm not able to play an instrument, I guess it probably stems from the fact that my mother was a music major. And um, anyway, I've got uh, a nephew who's a, a classical guitarist and uh, my sister, she sort of dabbles into it. She plays a little guitar and uh, piano. And so, you know, I've kind of come from a musical upbringing. And so, um, I thought, well, you know, I'm a, I, I am a writer, and I thought, you know, let's let's see if we can put together a little song here. And I just, you know, I think people, you know, they do love music and they love songs. And I thought, well, you know, let's let's try to do something. You know, once again, harking back to the, I want to generate interest in my book. So I thought, well, let's try to entertain you with a song, and um, you know, you can see, you know, how. I guess my writing uh, works in a song. So um, I, I guess that's sort of a promotional way to look at it. So anyway, uh, don't worry. I'm not going to uh, going to go into the music industry and the music business anytime soon. <laughs> so this is just for, <laughs> just for your, uh, your eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going on to uh, America's Got Talent then, are you? A-G-T. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm quite content being the uh, the uh, hermit writer that I am. Uh, why not? Now, Bob, when we last did the interview, I think it was over a year ago, uh, we talked about a book of yours, Windows of Wonder, Eight Timeless Tales. Would you care just to refresh our memories uh, what that book was about? I know there are eight short stories in it, but would you just care to, you know, tell the audience, tell the listeners just a little bit about the, this book, uh, which you've re-edited, and what's it about? Well, John, um, the book, I kind of like to refer to it as sort of like the Sergeant Peppers. Those of you who are old enough to know who Sergeant, or what Sergeant Peppers is, it's a I classic can. Beatle album. Well, yes, of course, I know you can, but uh, we have a lot of younger members, but I know we all know who the Beatles are. So <laughs> um, it was just a very groundbreaking album at the time. In other words, it just sort of tied all the songs together into sort of like an album as opposed to individual hits. And that's what I tried to do with this book. Uh, I've got eight separate stories, but I, I want them all to have a common theme. And that common theme basically was the development of human potential, and especially in young people. 
people. And so therefore, uh, most of the heroes in the stories were young. And so there are stories that set these, uh, these younger people mostly uh, onto certain paths that they, they get into. And that leads to these adventures. And I guess they have their quests. And, you know, these are just ordinary, normal people. And, you know, maybe nothing special that you might uh, see, you know, you know, they're not superheroes or anything like that. You know, so I have them basically just beginning their their journeys. And what we're doing is we're just sort of watching them grow and watching them learn. And uh, we're seeing that they have great determination to uh, to find something, find something better, something different. And what I'm trying to do is by using them is to inspire you to do the same thing. And the adventures are just so interesting and so exciting that you, you really, I mean, you're just going to be enthralled in it when you, when you get into reading these stories. And so therefore, like I said, uh, I just want this to have a, a deep impact uh, on your finer levels of thinking, I would say. And it's going to instill a belief in you that you can do anything that you believe you can. And that's just that's just the key to everything. Just believing it. It's kind of like Dorothy and her ruby slippers, you know, just mm -hmm. click your heels three times and see what happens. And that's sort of the effect of these stories. So. The stories themselves, though, they're they're really they're just fascinating and they're they're varied. And I think you're going to find, you know, some of them that are going to really interest you. Others, they're going to interest you, you know, but they're going to be some that are just going to really stick out at you because you don't be able to identify with them. So that's why I've kind of spread it out like that. So I don't care who you are. You're going to enjoy reading this. And I mean, enjoy reading it thoroughly. And believe me, you will read it more than once. They'll become a, a real staple of your life over the years. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Okay. Bob, have you ever thought of taking one of those characters, one of those stories, and expanding that that story, ex, you know, expanding that character, you know, so, sort of uplifting that storyline and that, um, that character? Ever thought of that in a new book? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a novelist. Um, I see where you're kind of going here. It's uh, it's sort of like um, our good friend uh, J.D. Salinger, uh, who starts out uh, with his classic book uh, and it's just a short story. And then he's convinced to make it into a, a full scale novel. And um that's not really what I want to do, John. I, I think I want to stick more with just this approach. I just I just feel that that's what I'm best at. And in fact, uh, I would say that I'm probably even the even better at the super shorts, which are just, you know, these little brief stories like the Spider-Man story. So um, what I have uh, intent intended is that I want to do a serial eventually. And I've created my own Superman, uh, superhero. And it is a fascinating character, like nothing that's ever been done before. And uh, this is where I want to go. 
But before I can get to that point, I have got to sell some books here because it's going to be expensive. I won't be able to use Amazon. And I'll have to do this all on my own. <laughs> so if you want to find out what this is all about, and believe me, it's going to be wild, uh, buy my book. <laughs> okay. There you go, everyone. Uh, Bob Weatherly, thank you very much for coming back on the show. It's been very interesting to hear what you've got to say. Um, just to refresh us all on your old book, which you've re-edited, and the short story, you know, Spider-Man in the Kingdom of Insects. And as for the song, we'll let you all judge that for yourselves. <laughs> I'm JT Crowley. Thanks for listening, wherever you're in the world. Until next time, stay safe.